Hey everyone, Misaligned is back. This is our second to last episode of the season, but it is also the final episode for the 6131 record sponsorship. So right now we are going to have you listen to Once, Twice by Suburban Living. hope you all enjoyed that poppier jam than what we've been playing for the most part. We figured with today's episode topic, we are going to be discussing a bunch of various pop artists fandoms. So we thought that would be a good fit for you all. But before we dive into those fandoms, I want to let you all know that Misaligned is part of the Modern Vinyl family of podcasts. You can find all of the shows over at modern-vinyl.com and you can check out the Modern Vinyl podcast. They are going strong right now. And I know they have some cool things in the works, so check them out. But now, Megan, we are going to be talking about a bunch of various pop ladies and their fandoms today. Are you excited for this one? I'm very excited about this one, even though, you know, I could care less about some of the artists, mostly uh, Ariana Grande, even though I will say she is impressive live. I was impressed when I saw her. Yeah, I left Taylor Swift out of this because I knew you didn't care for her much. So all we will say is that her fans are the Swifties. Yes, the Swifties are quite an interesting bunch of fans. Like, they will live, breathe, and die for Taylor Swift more so than any of the other groups we're going to talk about today. Yeah, and I figure we'll just go in alphabetical order by first name because that's how the list is in our document here. But... Adele apparently has a name for her fans, and she calls them the Daydreamers, which is just after one of her song titles. So that, you know, is fairly straightforward there. Oh, how I do love those Daydreamers. How I do love the song, too. For those of you who might not know, Daydreamer is the first track off of her debut album, 19. Wonderful, wonderful song. And I guess it's just something that stuck with her throughout the 21 era and the 25 era. And I can say easily that Adele is one of my favorite artists to come out of this century, the 21st century. What a marvelous time it is. Yeah, and apparently she actually gave this name to the fans herself in a blog post on her official website, which, of course, now that you go click on the link, it's no longer there. But, you know, website things are fun. So I can't, you know tell you exactly what the post said but then billboard had actually used a different term and called the fans the diehard fans adele holics so you know that's kind of just a little play on you know alcoholic basically (laughs) so it's interesting to see what people will come up with for their own fans and then what the media will come up with for their fans as well 
This is true. And I will say this. I found out the uh, daydreamers thing. Nothing a quick Google search couldn't fix. And it says here on the Adele wiki, because there's literally a wiki for everything these days, it's derived from the song Daydreamer, and it was first used on the fan forums on Adele's official website. Members of the fan forum came up with the name Daydreamers for the fans using the site, and later it was used to refer to the fans in general. So she had begun referring to her fans as daydreamers as seen in a blog post that was actually uploaded by her on her official website. And of course, if I click the one link, it is not there anymore. Yeah, that's what it's I mean. Interesting. That was the same link. Yeah, because there were a few things that were linked. And it's interesting that they're... Well, actually, I wonder if it's actually archived somewhere. Because we have stuff like the Wayback Machine, which would help us find uh, websites from years and years and years ago that may or may not have been archived. Like, I feel like this is something that would be archived by that. Yeah, maybe. I don't know what people do when it's in a forum, though. So that could be a different situation because it looks like her official website no longer has a forum unless you join probably but then the join link just says sign up for updates so she might have gotten rid of the forum completely just based on what i'm seeing on the new website which is actually adele.com not adele tv like the broken links i found it gotta love you wayback machine you are the true winner of today's podcast so on may 3rd 2012 Adele actually did have on her old blog to the Daydreamers. Picture of her with what appears to be an iPad where she's just written thank you on it. And I don't know what this is in reference to. There could be several things in reference to this. But she said, I only just found out you're so naughty. Thank you so much for going all out for me and helping out. So close to 20,000 now, huh? Winky face. Love you all. XX. Yeah, so that's definitely interesting that she would get rid of the forum, though, just because, you know, the domain changed for her website. I wonder what the thinking was behind that. Sometimes people just get rid of blogs when they don't want to have the thing anymore, which is really weird. But, you know, it happens. But yeah, I think this is the post in reference to it. I'm not going to search on the Wayback Machine for anything else about that. But hey, we've prevailed through this. Yeah, so the the next one up on our list here, though, are the Arianators, which we've mentioned before, and those are the Ariana Grande fans. And it says here on Urban Dictionary that they can also be called tiny elephants or loves. I don't really get tiny elephants. And, you know, I think of the three, Arianators makes the most sense by far. So, you know, you have this strong fan base because Ariana Grande really blew up within the last few years i would say and then you know there was that incident at what what was it manchester i believe and she was one of the artists performing and so she basically just oh yeah together happened what happened with that was one of her concerts she was performing in manchester and a terror attack happened at one of her concerts so she brought together with total last minute notice, a bunch of artists, including Coldplay and one of the Gallagher brothers from Oasis for a benefit concert. Yeah. And I think that moment was a big one for her fan base too, because 
it was a lot of her fans going out to that show that they put on afterwards and basically just showing how strong they all were and you know that one incident wasn't going to make them give up going to concerts or anything like that especially ariana grande concerts that's so true and uh I did do some digging here on the little elephants in the loves. In 2013, she posted to her Facebook, Why the hell did I call y'all tiny elephants when I was younger? Oh, how we've grown. Thank God, LOL. Love you forever. Apparently, it's something she used to call her fans when she was probably just starting out. Right. Wouldn't be able to quote it off the top of my head. But it looks like, well, I'm on the Ariana Grande wiki now. So it looks like, yes, the fans were originally called the Ariana Army, and then they were called Tiny Elephants, followed by the Loves, but that one didn't catch on. And the fans themselves actually came up with Arianators, which spread and was accepted by her, thus becoming the official name of the fan base. And the interesting thing is that I did discredit Ariana for everything like most people tend to discredit pop stars because it just seems like she wasn't super genuine or just like I don't know it's it's kind of weird like one of those manufactured pop machine things and I have to say I was pleasantly surprised when I saw her at the concert for Charlottesville last year because she could actually sing live she was dancing and I had to give her a lot of credit for it like it was a fun atmosphere it was a great show and as much as my boyfriend doesn't want to admit it he enjoyed it I know his roommate and I were both just like this is amazing we love this so much because his roommate is this giant rednecky arianator which is really funny Yeah, and I am going to go ahead and put a link in the show notes for the Manchester suicide bombing incident. The Guardian has a good article on that and how her fans came together, basically. But something I just saw that was from earlier today or yesterday, I'm not entirely sure at what exact time this happened, but there was a fashion blogger, it looks like, James Charles, who called out Ariana Grande and her fans are coming to her defense and everything. So that's another quick billboard article that I'll put in the links there because it just Uh, sort of goes to show how quick her fans are to defend her. And, you know, the Manchester incident was obviously something much more serious than a blogger calling ariana out on whatever it was so it's interesting to see how the fans react to two very different situations as well oh this is true i mean pop star fan bases literally are some of the most diehard fan bases i've ever seen and uh to go off of that james charles thing he is actually a makeup youtuber And he's been under fire for a lot of things that he has said on his Twitter. Like, he's still pretty young. You would think that this would give him time to actually understand what went wrong with his actions, but clearly not. Um, I think she unfollowed him a long time ago after he was joking about catching Ebola from Africa. And he's also said some really bad things. So I can understand the fan backlash as to why people are like, Oh my God, he should not have said that. Oh my God, we're going to live, breathe, die Ariana and support her all the time. I'm serious. Like, these, this is 
weird, true things that have happened on the internet. But yes, his opinion isn't really, you know, that critical because he does makeup and he's kind of problematic to begin with. So good on them for going after him. Yeah, well, I think these next two artists are ones we've talked about quite a bit here on the podcast, even, you know, from a co- starting a couple of years ago when the podcast first was getting started and everything. So the first one, though, is Carly Rae Jepsen and her Jepsies, which is a fun little name. And, you know, Carly Rae Jepsen isn't quite as big as I would say the rest of the stars on this list necessarily, but she really has this sort of cult following to the point where her albums will still do fairly well. And obviously she can make a living off of it, which is something a lot of artists can't say for their music and everything like that. So she might not be, you know, playing these huge shows like, Lady Gaga or Ariana Grande, but she still has a really, really great following. I'm sorry for being a Carly Rae Jepsen hater in the past. I have put those ways behind me and I have fully accepted my lord and savior, Carly Rae Jepsen. But I should say that her Instagram story from looks like 20 hours ago, so some point on April 1st, surprisingly, featured a brand new song. She's risen. We're going to get new music soon, y'all. This is truly an Easter wonderful moment. Should probably say wonderful Easter moment, but you know, I can't talk. It's fine. (laughs) But Carly is also interesting because she's got her own carnival cruise. I'm, I'm actually serious about this, too, with the cruise. Right. And that's something that just goes to show how she can do these things sort of like the Parahoy cruise and everything like that. The band might not have the biggest following, but they have a dedicated group of fans who will pay these sort of crazy prices to go see them on a cruise. And I don't know if, you know, this was a name she gave the fans or anything like that because I haven't followed her that closely. I do listen to her albums and everything like that, but you know, there's a tweet going back from going back all the way to like 2012, where it's, you know, at Carly Rae Jepsen, your fans are now called Jepsies, like gypsies. Ha ha ha. I love this. And it's just one of those things where, you know, clearly this name has been around for a while. And it really caught on because, you know, that was six years ago now. So Mm -hmm. it's really stuck around. And, you know, even since 2012, her fan base has grown quite a bit. This is true. I mean, she's done, I believe she had a stint on Broadway, if I'm not mistaken. She definitely covered some songs from The Little Mermaid because I love her version of Part of Your World. She's collaborated with Charlie XCX. And I do have the cruise details here. She put on a free concert on the Carnival Splendor back in February. She was one of the later additions to Carnival's live concert lineup for 2018, and it took place on the Splendor's Lido deck as the ship sailed from Long Beach, California, over to the Mexican Riviera. Oh, that's right by me. (laughs) See, and it was her first time playing a cruise ship. So it's not exactly an entire, like, cruise devoted to Carly Rae, but it is a cruise that she sang on, because why not? 
And there certainly are going to be fans who go on that cruise just because she's performing. And, you know, in 2012, that was when Call Me Maybe really blew up. And that's probably when you didn't like her quite as much. And I totally get that because that was one of those songs that was played a ton on the radio. It's like, I feel like every time I would turn on the radio to a top 40 station, that song was guaranteed to be playing at some point. And it was certainly in heavy rotation. Like, it's still even in heavy rotation today. And I'm just like, I still can't listen to it. I'm sorry. I love you, Carly Rae. But I still can't get behind Call Me Maybe. I will forever and always be grumpy about this. Yeah, but see, that's totally fine. Because emotion and the b-sides exist so you know plenty of other songs to listen to in the carly ray jepson discography this is true but i would recommend skipping the song that she did with justin bieber it's not good and not just because justin bieber's on it i mean it's just not a good song i don't know why it exists i'm just like i am embarrassed for my queen right now yeah well this next artist here is one we certainly have had a lot to say about over the last year or two just because of some personal things that came up with her and her record label and producer and all of that not so fun stuff so kesha's fans are called animals which anyone who has been listening to kesha since that first breakout album they'll certainly understand why this is the name of her fans it's not like she thinks everyone's dogs and cats or something like that it's just sort of going with the persona that she created with those first couple of albums this is true and as she's gotten older and as her fan base has also aged i feel like it's gotten less of like the party thing and more of the hey let's support this wonderful woman because she's been through so much and i still say that she was robbed of that grammy that she 100 percent deserved this year because ed sharon sure as hell did not deserve that grammy I will note that I also left Ed Sheeran off this list, even though we probably could have put him on here. But, you know, I was like, well, let's keep it all ladies, because why, why do that? So, (laughs) yeah, you know, I will live and die and fight on the hill that Kesha was robbed this year for best pop song, because praying was so much better than Shape of You. Like, why would they pick a song about objectifying women and blah over a song about rebirth and growth and, like, acceptance and healing? Yeah, well, Billboard actually did a fan army face-off back in 2015, and there's a little piece of this article that I'll link to in the show notes and everything, but there's this piece that I want to read here real quick, and it says... You can be a victim or you can be a warrior. The animal fan base lives by the ways of Kesha. We're a cult of rabid misfits that love to party and have fun. Although we may seem crazy, we're actually really nice. We spread love to everyone on Earth as Kesha has taught us to do. No matter what type of person you are, animals are willing to accept you as long as you don't cross us. And that is probably one of the best descriptions I've read of a fan base, if I'm being totally honest here, because that is, you know, it's not super long and it's pretty to the point. I'd say so. Now I just have the sudden urge to listen to a bunch of Kesha right now. Well, you you are going to have to wait a little bit on that. But in the meantime, why don't you tell us all a little more about 6131 Records? This season, Misaligned has been sponsored by the wonderful folks over at 6131 Records. They've got some awesome stuff in their web store, ranging from really cool, soft t-shirts to other great merch items like pins, records, tapes, etc. from artists like Julian Baker, Suburban Living, Sammy Lanzetta, The Winter Passing, 
and so many other amazing artists. And you can use MV10 for 10% off of your next order on the 6131 web store. If you've used it once, you can't use it again. So if you've been listening all season and still haven't gotten your sweet 6131 swag, use it. Get 10% off whatever you want, as long as it's $10 or more. You can even get yourself one of their comically large stickers. Love them. But if we talk about the music, Suburban Living's got some great stuff out on 6131. Culture Abuse just re-released a bunch of uh, cool pressings for Peach. Obviously, there's still some Julian Baker stuff up for grabs. Go give it a look. You might be surprised by what you see. For any information on any of the other 6131 bands or tour dates, you can check out 6131records.com. Yes, definitely do that. And thank you so much to 6131 Records for sponsoring 10 episodes of our podcast. It's really amazing for them to do that. And hopefully you all have enjoyed the song clips you've heard and everything like that. But right now we're going to turn it back to the fandoms. We still have a few more we want to talk about here. And this next one is a really big one because it's Lady Gaga's Little Monsters. And this is something she's been really active with. You know, she'll put out messages directly to her little monsters. And it's something that feels like a collaboration between her and the fans, to be honest with you. It's not this thing where it's like, you know, she just gave her fans a name and that was that. You know, she's really active in keeping this fandom alive basically and that's whether she's doing her music or in something like American Horror Story it kind of just follows her wherever she goes. Lady Gaga in my opinion is one of those artists that deserves to have an awesome fan base and deserves to have all of the praise heaped onto her. She was really discredited especially in the early days of her career when she was known as Stephanie Germanata. And also when she entered that party girl phase with the initial Lady Gaga persona. So, you know, the era from about nine years ago in 2009, when she really blew up on the scene and became kind of like, well, getting a following with the gays like Cher. That's the best way to put it, honestly. But over the years, she's taken the messages in her music and through her fan base and has actually been like, hey, let's do some good for people. Let's make sure that we make everybody feel accepted for who they are and how they look, etc. Let's not make anybody feel bad. Let's be the people to be positive. And while Little Monsters can be a little extreme, to the point of even copying some of her, well, interesting fashion choices. <laughs> like a I meat think dress? <laughs> Oh, gotta love that meat dress. But I mean the uh, giant platform shoes that don't have heels that are actually surprisingly comfortable to walk in. I've tried on a pair. It feels weird at first because your heel is just floating around, but that's avant-garde fashion for you. Um, But Gaga, there's just, there's good reasons why people go Gaga for Gaga. She is so talented. She has an amazing voice. I haven't seen her live yet. Maybe one day I'll see her live. But I've heard her sing live on TV, and she wasn't lip syncing. You can tell that she puts all of the passion into what she does. And clearly, she's gotten on the good graces with Sir Elton John because she has released a new song 
or rather a cover of an old Elton John song that she performed live. I think it was before the Grammys. They're doing something big to honor Sir Elton. But you can listen to her version of your song on any streaming platform of your choosing. I know it was already on Spotify, and I about cried when I heard it because it is so lovely. It is beautiful. And it's not the dance pop gaga that we're used to hearing. Yeah, one other thing I want to note with her fan club, too, is they actually have official t-shirts. So she has sort of this logo for the little monsters, and it's kind of just her left hand almost in a claw type position or something like that. And it's, you know, textured and red. So it's really cool that she puts this much effort into it. And she first coined the term basically in 2009 when she was doing work on her second album. So, you know, they're going on 10 years here of being called the Little Monsters. And she is called the Mother Monster. I don't know if she gave herself that name or if the fans gave it to her, but it makes sense because, you know, she's calling her fans these little monsters and everything like that. So it really feels like, you know, she's like the queen monster, if you will. And it's very interesting to me that she decided to take this all the way because pop artists don't really need to do things like this necessarily to have their fans follow their every move or anything. Lady Gaga could have easily just not had a name for her fans and they still would have shown up at her concerts and everything like that. And maybe they would have named themselves like some fan bases seem to do, but to go to the extent of having a logo and merch and everything like that, I think that's something that really makes Lady Gaga feel a little more grounded as an artist too, even though she's one of the biggest artists in the world. I think this makes her extremely approachable, too. There's just something about her that really just people seem to love. I love her. I've always loved her, even through some of the more embarrassing phases with really bad music, art pop. But it's okay. Everybody's favorite artists release some bad stuff every now and then. It doesn't mean we have to drop them. And I will say, too, that the Little Monsters might be some of the more interesting but extremely kind fan bases I've interacted with just from being around people who love music and just from being around other pops fans. You'd be surprised at how many of these fandoms actually do intersect with each other. It's great. Yeah. And this next artist, also a big artist, Nicki Minaj, probably my least favorite artist of the ones on this list but I figured you know she is so popular in the media and everything that it would have been hard to leave her off this list because you know she had her stint on American Idol and she's done so many other things outside of just releasing her own music and apparently last year she had actually changed the name of the Barb's to the kingdom and the fans weren't happy with her about it, which seems silly because, you know, it's her fan base. So I feel like if she wants to change the name, she could. But now, you know, I'm just seeing Team Minaj, which isn't too creative. I don't know if, you know, people are still upset about her changing the name, but I feel like Barb's is kind of a pretty clever one for Nicki Minaj. Didn't she have that Barbie persona, too, for a while? Yeah, that that's why I think that one was the initial fan name. And it kind of does suck when you have this name and then you have to get used to being something else, especially if the change came, you know, as recently as last year. 
This is true. And on the Nicki Minaj wiki, the Harajuku Barbie is often shortened to simply say Barbie or HB is one of Nicki's longest lasting and most famous alter egos. So it's the fun, super girly girl, pink lover, etc. And it says here it shouldn't be confused with the Barb's. So a long time ago, the fan base used to be called the Harajuku Barbies with a Z, hence why it's Barb's. Right. And they're the female fans. The plural Barb's is sometimes used to refer to all members of Tia Minaj as a whole, regardless of gender. And the singular Harajuku Barbie, or HB, is also used by Minaj to describe the head of all the Barbies herself without specifically implying that it's her alter ego speaking. Ken Barb's are Minaj's gay male fans. It derives from the term Barb's, but gets the term Ken from the name of Barbie's boyfriend. And then Boys, with a Z, is the male fans that are heterosexual, and Nikki herself has confirmed this via Twitter. My thing with, like, Team Minaj, it just makes me think of the Team insert celebrity name here shirts that were so popular back in like the early 2000s i think it was team angie and team jen when the whole (laughs) brangelina ben and jen thing like blew up because i do remember that era and i'm thankful i never actually owned one of those shirts but did actually think about making one for one of my close guy friends when he and his ex were going through a weird patch and like thankfully they're no longer together and haven't been together since high school but i was like seriously i will make a shirt that says team friend on it instead of team ex-girlfriend obviously i'm not saying names because that would be mean so we'll just leave it at that it also sounds like she could be on an episode of family feud coming up you never know so (laughs) there's certainly a lot of ways that team minaj could just Play into other pieces of pop culture here because it's literally just team and her last name. So I think, you know, it's interesting that she did give the different fans different names, though, based on their gender and everything like that, because Barb's is very specific to, you know, Barbies. And I'm sure most guys, at least the straight guys, they don't really want to be called Barbies. So, you know, it it does make sense. But boys isn't super clever either. So there is that. (laughs) That's true. And right now, I think it would be cool to see Nikki on Family Feud. Can someone please make this happen? Because (laughs) I would be here for this. That would be fun. Except let's, uh, I think it was her brother who's like a child predator. And child molester, so maybe not include him. Do I get some sort of like ideas fee for that? You know, a few bucks to throw it, throw it our way here. Oh, I'm totally, <laughs> totally. Maybe it can be like the Minaj family versus the misaligned modern vinyl podcast host. Like, I think we'd lose. We might lose. <laughs> that would make for some great television. I think we need to somehow all at least get the modern vinyl misaligned crew together on Family Feud. Yeah, we'd have to see the rules, because if we're not actually family, I don't know if that flies. <laughs> yeah, it could be related through, like, 5,000 distant ways. You never know. Details, details. We'll work them out later. But right now, we are going to move on to the last artist we are going to talk about before diving into our usual recommendations. And this one actually might be one of the 
least clever names on the list as well because Rihanna's fans are just the Rihanna Navy. And, you know, sometimes it's good to just keep things simple, though, because that is a gender neutral fan base name, unlike Barb's. And, you know, Rihanna likes Rihanna, so she can call her fans the Rihanna Navy if she wants. This is true. So Rihanna's been on the scene since at least 2005. And wow, it's crazy to think that she's been in the music world for that long. Wow. Yeah, wasn't Ponte Replay like when she was 16 or 18 or something like that? It's been a while. (laughs) It's been a very, very long time. But the name was created in late 2009, shortly after she released her Rated R album. And contrary to what reports might say, the Rihanna Navy was not created after she starred in the Battleship movie, but after her song G4L with the lyrics, We're an army, better yet a navy, better yet crazy. And... It's also worth noting that in 2009, at the time when the Rihanna Navy name was introduced, Justin Bieber's fans had started to call themselves the Believers. And I think ultimately, we have Justin Bieber to thank for the naming of weird fandom bases like this in the modern era. Like, I can't think of any names for like NSYNC fans or Spice Girls fans or Backstreet Boys fans. on this scale right and it is important to note that and it looks like wow there's a website called rihanna daily which is basically giving the history cleverly spelled h-i-s-t-o-r-i-h like the first part of her name (laughs) i see what you're doing rihanna daily i like this but At the time, the name was not intended to call all of her fans that, but just the most devoted fans who were members of the fan forum. And as we've mentioned a lot, like in the early, early, I guess, 2010s era, I don't know if there's really a name for what that is. And the late, the mid to late aughts, fan forums were a very popular thing amongst fan bases. Like, that's how fans connected. I mean, it's just an archaic version of Twitter that connects us all. And in 2010, Rihanna gave her first official shout-out to the Rihanna Navy, and it was from that moment on when all Rihanna fans were called the Rihanna Navy. Yeah, and that's cool. It sort of just evolved into that because it really is easier to just have one name for your entire fan base instead of, you know, like sectioning it out and determining, okay, who is the highest level of fan here? And then I know we talked about it a bit with Paramore, you know, you have the diehard fans, you have the fans you kind of need to stay away from and everything like that, but they don't really have a different name. They were still all part of the para family basically and to have the rihanna navy be similar in that sense it just makes things simpler for everyone including us for talking about it <laughs> this is true and i do have to say that despite the fact that her fan base is the rihanna navy no one is actually ranking themselves with the official navy ranks which is good because that would be like oh are you a general or Oh, God, not a general. I am a terrible military kid for saying that there's generals in the (laughs) Navy. God, um, like an admiral. Or now I'm looking up Navy ranks because clearly I am not a Navy child. I'm a Marine child. But 
we don't have people saying they're like lieutenants or captains or rear admirals or even warrant officers. They're just, it's all the same name for everyone. So it's not like anyone is holier than thou or holier than any other fan. They're all the same. Yeah, and I think that's good too, because honestly, those ranking systems are certainly better left to the military in general and not, you know, fan bases, because you wouldn't want to offend anyone in that sense by, you know, giving yourself the title of admiral or lieutenant or anything like that. This is very true. Although I do have to say that as you do rank up, the little symbols sometimes get better. Like, I know my dad is a retired colonel, and the little colonel signal is a little tiny eagle, which is kind of (laughs) cute. Well, Rihanna can definitely have little symbols and everything, but I just wouldn't give them names. True. (laughs) Free idea for you, Rihanna, in case you're listening. Nobody needs to be put on a pedestal than any other fan. Although, as a callback to our Beyonce episode, I will say that uh, two summers ago, she was selling a shirt that was Beehive Boys. And I contemplated getting it for my brother until I saw it was like $40. And I said, Hunter's not worth a $40 t-shirt. I don't love him that much. (laughs) You don't like your brother that much to spend money on him, please. I actually just helped him get a bunch of vegan candy bars. And I think that's a much better showing of love than a shirt. (laughs) Probably, probably. Well, is there anything we've missed that you want to touch on with any of these artists and their fandoms before we move on to recommendations? I don't think so. I think we've pretty much had a solid season talking about all of the different fan bases and the crazy histories that really spawned a lot of them. Yeah, and like I said, we'll have one more episode after this. We'll sort of wrap up the season and probably just mention a bunch of the different fandoms that we didn't quite get to. And, you know, certain ones like Beyonce's Beehive and Paramore, they have a lot more substance to them just because of the fans being super active on social media and everything. And I'm not saying that these artists' fandoms aren't as active because they are huge artists, but... Some of them just didn't feel like we would have enough discussion for a full episode like we did with the other artists. And that's probably because you and I listen to Beyonce and Paramore a lot more personally than most of these other artists. So, you know, that's how that turned out. And now we are going to dive on into our recommendations of which Megan has music and I have something that is definitely not music. So, Megan, why don't you give us your music recs for the week? All right. NPR's first listen has been absolutely killing it this year. They gave us the Decemberists, I'll Be Your Girl. They gave us Casey Musgraves last week. And this week, we've got Hopalong's album, Bark Your Head Off, Dog. It's so good. It's Hopalong's third album. I highly recommend giving this one a listen because it shreds. I love it. Like It is easily in one of my favorite albums that I have heard this year. And on a completely non-rock-related note, I also have Jelani Say as a recommendation. Jelani Say has been on tour with Remo Drive and Sorority Noise, and I actually just saw them in Richmond. Their live stuff is amazing. Like, holy crap, one of the best openers I have seen for a punk show in a very, very, very long time. I had a great chat with the band in between sets and I'm just like I was so blown away their stuff is up on Spotify they just released a song that is clearly not in the Adele section of Spotify 
But they just released a song that is called Representative Maxine Waters. And oh my god, that song is so good live. Like, I am just... I'm blown away by how amazing they were. And I just want to scream, listen to this band at the top of my lungs. Nice. Well, I will definitely have to check out that interview you did with them. I know, you know, you you do really great interviews. And that is something that I have been sort of slacking on is finding good interviews to read lately. So oh, see, I didn't even interview them. That's the beauty of it is like, I was just chatting with them in between sets casually, like, the whole show was filled with a bunch of great pals and um i actually tweeted at them i was like hey i would tell you guys how awesome you were but it's really loud in here right now and like right before sorority noise came on i was talking with some of the members and it rocked well then forget i said that when you say you were talking (laughs) with bands i usually assume it means you were interviewing them for modern vinyl but either way you know if megan does interview them in the future everyone go check that out that would be a really cool interview yeah definitely Well, my recommendation for the week is very, very different. It's a book about a movie, so (laughs) bear with me here a little bit, but it's The Art of Star Wars, The Last Jedi, and Star Wars does these books for at least all of the recent movies, and I believe they have done them for the previous trilogies, but I don't know to what extent. I've just more frequently noticed them for the current movies so they have one for the force awakens rogue one and i actually checked out the last jedi one at one of the local libraries recently and i'm about a hundred pages into it so far probably more by the time you all listen to this because i plan on reading some after recording this and it's just really amazing to get this inside look at how the film was made and everything because you get to see character sketches costume design stuff and even some of the sort of 3d modeling that goes on before the product is actually finished so it's definitely a behind the scenes look at all of the various types of design work that goes into one of these movies sounds very interesting like i think that would be a cool thing to see with marvel movies too yeah, I wonder if that's something they would consider doing. I honestly haven't looked into it. For, so for all I know, they could have books that are similar to that. But, you know, they've had 10 years of the MCU now. So you, there's there's another free idea with, for you, Marvel, if you haven't done it. You know, make, make some books like the Star Wars ones. But yeah, it's definitely really cool, especially if, you know, you like books with pictures. That's that's all I can tell you guys. It's not a whole lot of reading. And honestly, you can choose to just not read the book if you don't want to read the book and just look at the pictures instead, because even that is more than enough content. It's like every page has at least a picture on it, if not more. But that wraps up this second to last episode in our season here. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at DChap with three E's because no variation of my name is available on Twitter, apparently, at MissalignPod for the podcast and at Megan with an underscore at the end. Those will all be linked to in the show notes, though, so don't feel the need to memorize that. And you can email us at MissalignPod at gmail.com with future season ideas, feedback, anything like that. And if you'd like to sponsor the podcast, you can contact advertising at modern-final.com. It's very affordable and Chris will walk you through rates for one episode, multiple episodes, whatever you want to do. There's no set commitment, so it's whatever you'd like. And as always, thank you all for listening, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.